0: Hello and welcome to Easy Listening Cast. I'm E. I'm Z. And today we're going to be listening to the Offspring's album "Let the Bad Times Roll."
1: Mm-hmm. We're gonna let the bad times roll.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about the Offspring?
1: Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> and we're keeping what?
0: it all to ourselves.
1: What if, what if all the build-up to this, I just lied? <laughs> Oh, oh my god. No, so I do know I do know a few things about them. My dad um owned a copy of their high selling album, Americana, which has one of my favorite songs on there, Why Don't You Get a Job? And no, that's mm, not a remit yeah. myself. Um, <laughs> I know a few songs and I what's the one uh the self-esteem song I hate that one. You but- do? Okay. I do. They play it out on my local radio constantly and if there's a song that typically if someone is going to play a song over and over around me, I'm not going to like it because it's like I want variety. I want more things than just this. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick way to a quick way to get on my shit list when it comes to music is if it's in a commercial or if it happens to be played on the radio a lot for the same reason, which is the repetition. I, I want to have more than just this one song. So that's my primary reason I don't like it all that much.
0: I think that's fair. So the album that I had growing up was, I think, Smash.
1: That was the one before it, wasn't it? I don't have... I'm not too familiar where it's like I know what came before America. So that's 94. That's their third yeah, album. Yeah,
0: that one had Come Out and Play on it, which I think is probably one of their biggest songs, I want to say. And I mean, it was one of those albums that I listened to over and over and over again as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I have a bit of nostalgia for the band because of it.
1: Yes. So I know, I know that one. I actually like that one. The mm-hmm. uh, Come Out and Play. I like that one. Um, I like the bass line to it. It's a really good one. If if that's the song I remember it as. Yeah.
0: It's the one that was on Rock Band.
1: Mm-hmm. I never played Rock Band. I played Guitar Hero. That was um, And that was at my cousin's house back in 2012. It's been a very long time.
0: (laughs) As a follow-up to that, I don't actually know the difference between Rock Band and Garage Band, because I never owned it or played it. I only ever witnessed it at other people's houses while walking past the TV.
1: I've only ever witnessed it. Like, it's some sort of ghost. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: If you turn on the black lights, you'll see Rock Band playing on my mom's CRT. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i know of that one i just got reminded of one of the songs that the offspring did do a uh i guess a redo over which was um what was it so far away was that the name of the song far away it's gone away gone away now the funny thing is is that i've only known that song just as the really good one it's one of my favorites of theirs i never put like a title to it until someone was like You know, you should listen to it. And I do. And I was like, oh, I know this. I just never, I never knew the title. This happens to me a lot because I have a memory problem. This is, um, this song I think is probably their best one. I really, really, really like it. But we'll come to that when we get there.
0: All right. Fair enough. I don't know. I did really like Come Out and Play, I think. Mm -hmm. The Offspring was formed in like the 80s and their original name was Manic Subsidal. Or subsile? I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it. Apologies to uh, the offspring for for that. And, like, I was looking at the history of who the members are because I wanted to get, like, a good idea of, you know, who does what. Mm -hmm. And what's weird is that there are three guys who are in, who are considered the offspring right now. There's Dexter Holland, who does vocals, guitar, bass, piano. Noodles who does guitar and backing vocals, and then Pete Parada, who does the drums. Mm -hmm. But there's been, like, there was a big shift recently. So um, Dexter Holland, who's the first guy I mentioned, the lead vocal singer, he was one of the main people who started the band, and he started it with Greg K., who was the original bass player. Mm -hmm. And Greg K. only recently left the band, and it seemed like it was a really big, like thing, like a big event that happened. So this is their first album without him.
1: hmm
0: I guess that's something to think about, too.
1: Uh, well, you absolutely know more about this than I do. Um, this is the first I've heard about that. Was it like an acrimonious split, or was it just like, I want to I wanna just stop doing this?
0: It seemed like there was some sort of argument. I'm not clear on what it is. I'm sure if I, like, you know, did some real research, I could find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually, I found out they started on Let the Bad Times Roll right after their last album came out, which was in 2012. Uh, Days go by. Mm -hmm. And they were like, the whole time they were working on it, they're like, we're going to take our time with this. We want this to be really good. We're going to take our time. We're not going to, like, push it. So they took their time, and then Greg K left, and then the pandemic happened, and that, like pushed their date back, like, over and over again, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. That seems to... That, I hate that that's going to end up being a common footnote in music. It's just, yeah, this was going to be released, and then COVID happened.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about it, because a, a lot of these older, like, 80s, 90s bands that were really, really popular have released new albums in the past year, year and a half, mm-hmm. which... It's gotta be a combination of everything gets pushed back because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They're running out of money, so they gotta make a new album. And yes. there's nothing to do because there's a pandemic. So they're just working on a new album.
1: I kind of I don't know if that would be a hundred percent true, but I don't really know how much someone with a doctorate gets paid. I do wanna point out that something that I found extremely interesting about dexter holland and it was that i had no idea about this i think it's extremely cool and i do want to preface this by saying whatever bad or good thing i'm going to say about the offspring it's not going to touch the amount of good that dexter holland has done in getting his doctorate so um i found out in 2017 he had earned his doctorate in microbiology he had found out through his research uh, how micro RNA works in the HIV virus, which has absolutely helped the medical field with how to deal with that potential illness and probably finding a cure sometime within this decade if they haven't ha- had it already. So good on him for that. And that's just mm-hmm. that's really awesome. Also, I never would have thought that someone whose main profession is music would be able to go into the medical field like that and especially to get their doctorate. Like that's incredible.
0: Yeah. He also created a hot sauce.
1: I read that too. (laughs) I read that too. I'm like sorry. (laughs) This (laughs) important facts. No, like this man's an entrepreneur he's over here curing HIV helping to cure HIV and he's got hot sauce. Okay. Okay. Go go on. I I stand. I stand. We stand a legend. So, but yeah, it's, ex- that's extremely cool. And I'm, and I'm, I'm really happy for him. And I hope he, that he continues to do well in that field. Also, I found out too that um, the, the guy that's called Noodles, um, he also works in the gorillas. I'm lying.
0: <laughs> I was like, hold up. Hold up. That can't be right.
1: It's, it's a lie because it's Noodles.
0: <laughs> I'm going to cut that yeah. out and make it sound like you think that's the truth.
1: <laughs> oh i'm already being sabotaged this is the first and last episode we're gonna get yeah. canceled first episode you know you're, i love it too you're gonna make it sound like i think that's the truth and then we're just going to have that only episode and everyone's gonna come to me i was like you really think that this man this real life man it plays a cartoon Japanese woman in the famed British band Gorillaz. Is that correct? Yes. I'm gonna be like, it was, it was a joke, and I wish people would stop coming for me.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna encourage all of them every step of the way, <laughs> promise.
1: So I, <laughs> I've listened to over 2,500 albums in my 27 years living, and yet yeah, everyone's gonna be like, you don't know. The, the difference between that guy in The Offspring and the cartoon Japanese lady in The Gorillas. You don't know the difference. You have heard a lot of music, but you I don't mean, know the difference.
0: To be fair to you, you look at pictures of them, they look identical.
1: I know. <laughs> it's it's insane. I mean, it's a very... It's, I, I'm glad you understand and I'm glad you agree. This was an entrapment and I've won. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. It's <laughs> still for it. Ha!
0: Let's talk about the album.
1: Let, yeah, the let's brand actually new do that. Album,
0: Let the Bad Times Roll, which mm-hmm. came out on April 16th, 2021. I know you and I both listened to the title track right and when they released it as a single to promote the album.
1: That is right. And you had also you had also um put forth uh, we had never had sex anymore, the song. The song S- can't stress that enough the song <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus that is the uh, seventh song on the album they really did I think pick their two strongest songs to promote it with
1: yes I think, I think let so the- too
0: I think let the bad times roll is my favorite off of this album
1: Mm-hmm um minus the other the other one we never have sex anymore which to me sounds like a classic for them like it sounds like something that would have been produced in the 90s it's like it's almost as if like they had not like it's like they never left i guess it would be the right way to put it
0: yeah i definitely agree with you on that when i heard the two new songs i was like okay let the bad times roll sounds a little bit different it sounds a little newer so I was kind of excited to see like okay they can definitely still do the same thing they did before mm-hmm. but they're doing something a little different too so I was really excited to see the album
1: mm-hmm. it definitely sounded and... like they had uh, they had updated yeah so and then speak. I
0: listened to the album I did too <laughs> <laughs> which really I I, I didn't find it super cohesive.
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to be very conservative in what I say because you did tell me that you liked quite a bit of it, and I don't want to be rude and be oh, like, "No, no it's you... trash."
0: <laughs> no, you got you gotta say, speak your truth, Z.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. I'll I'll upload this on an apology video on YouTube and be like, I have to speak my truth. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> um. All right, I'll I'll just get it out of the way. I fucking hate this. <laughs> you hate the whole thing. Not the whole thing. I I said what I meant when I said that I liked what the bad or um when I said we never had sex anymore. I like that song. I think it's a very very good song. It's going to end up mm-hmm. being on probably my favorite songs of the year, for 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 sure. Okay. The rest the rest of the album I do not like it at all.
0: I didn't find a lot of it super memorable. I did think um the cover of In the Hall of the Mountain King was the most jarring like yes. transition of all time. But also like when Edward Grieg wrote that in nineteen uh, whatever the fuck he wrote that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When he wrote that, he went off and you know what? This goes off too. It just yes. doesn't fit with the album.
1: Yes, I I do agree They really did do that But I'm also like, why did you do that? But, oh, good, good you did it But why, but good Like (laughs) I oscillate between those two things
0: (laughs) Yeah, I uh, God, there were 12 songs on there And Boy (laughs) Did a lot of them just kind of It's weird, a lot of them I feel like Kind of blended together a bit And the ones Mm -hmm. that did stand out were jarring in a way
1: my i i wasn't it wasn't to me like any like stood out as like oh this is like how can i put it i wouldn't call them like super jarring um i'm typically used to albums in which the songs are like completely different from one another i actually love those whether they're bad or not i actually enjoy that quite a lot when i was listening to this i was mostly struck I was struck by two things that I didn't really like. Number one, the mixing on it was really, really odd. Um, all of the songs sounded very flat. And now I, I have a laptop. Um, I do have, uh, there's speakers that are actually on the bottom of the laptop. Um, you would think that that would have something to do with it. Like, oh, the speakers aren't very good. Maybe you should get a pair of headphones. Um, but these are actually very good speakers um like on better produced albums or better mixed albums you can like the one that um fun fact in case you didn't know this a lot of people that do mixing and uh recording and things like that they'll test a speaker system by playing the debut album by rage against the machine it is said to be the best mixed album ever period that sounds yeah that sounds magnificent on my laptop so i know it's not that On the Spotify, it sounded extremely flat. On the first track, I didn't even know if that was actually Dexter Holland singing. It sounded really, really odd. And then the next few tracks was like, no, that's him. It just sounded really weird
0: Mm -hmm. on that track.
1: And then I happened to go on YouTube just to see if there was a difference in the sound quality. That's smart. I didn't mean to do that. On YouTube, it sounded... It was a, it was actually just a toss-up. There's one that sounded better and one that sounded infinitely worse.
0: Interesting. Because I, I do have kind of a theory that Spotify kind of crushes mixes somehow. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I've shared with you before there... I, I can't remember the name of the song now, but it was one where half the vocals on the Spotify version were just gone. Oh. It was... It's really weird, and um, I have no idea why it's like that, Mm because you look it up on YouTube or um, other platforms, and it sounds perfectly fine, but Mm -hmm. you play it on Spotify, and it's just half the vocals are missing. I do think Spotify has a little bit to do with it, Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: that wasn't really something that I judged a lot while I was listening. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I had mentioned when I had sent, I had like written like a, a review that I put on my Write uh, Your Music profile. I'd sent you something where it was like, um, I had mentioned that um, this is a this album consists of about thirty minutes. It's a quick listen. Um, it took me about two hours to hear, and the reason being is because I was looking up all of the information I could about it, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I was looking up was. If I was going crazy and using the wrong terms as like this sounds flat or this sounds like it's clipping, there is one Mm. song in which it absolutely is clipping. For those that don't know, if a song is extremely loud and the settings are off, um, the microphone won't be able to record all of that and then put that into the file. It'll look like if you happen to have like Audacity, for example, the whole thing will look blue. And if you play that, you'll hear what sent. Sa- it sounds like what a badly fried JPEG looks like. That's the best That's, way I can describe yeah. it. And um I believe it was uh what was it? I think it was Army of One or Breaking These Bones that I'd done that. Mm. I didn't write that down because again I was unsure if I was using the right terminology. So I didn't That's fair. I didn't put that down but it just it sounded really really just it not wrong it was just like this is a thing that i'm pretty sure it's easily fixable
0: yeah i i think that's what i was finding jarring mm-hmm. too You can have an album that has a bunch of different songs, like a bunch of different sounds to it, too. But you have to make sure that they're all, you know, the same volume. They're mixed in a similar way so that they're still uniform and still cohesive despite being really different. And this (laughs) did not feel cohesive.
1: No. Like I said,
0: there were just a couple of them that just kind of whenever they started, I was like, oh, okay, different song now.
1: My best guess as to the reasoning this is you had mentioned that um this took about 9 years to record and it was constantly being pushed back because of covid there is a good possibility that some songs were recorded at a later date than others
0: I think so too if you look at the um credited artists there are a there is a huge number of credited artists like playing mm-hmm. a bunch of different instruments and usually you I don't think you really see that all that much unless you're doing something really weird with your album. Usually when you sit down, you record all of your songs. You have like a few dudes that do all of it. You don't have like 15 people.
1: hmm On Wikipedia, uh, Josh fries is credited as doing two of the 12 songs um, or doing the drumming for two of these 12 songs and the others are credited to uh, Pete Parada. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you might be right on that. Of course, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. The uh, um, The additional musicians, some of those I think were session musicians, because it's only credited for uh, We Never Have Sex Anymore, where they had a horn section, because they typically don't, Yeah. to my memory, they don't have a horn section normally.
0: No, they do not.
1: And they did have someone doing sound design on the re-recording of Gone Away, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be that might be a thing too. Bob Rock, though, is credited as producing, mixing, and engineering the whole thing. Um, I guess I guess since the album was first being recorded, so good on him for being there and uh, doing all of that. So um, my main my main issues, I guess, um, the cohesiveness. Yes, I I do believe you have a point with that. You absolutely put it better into better words than I could. Um, I just there's a lot of lyrics on here that i did not like um now unfortunately i did not put i did not write the specific ones May, most of the time it was just like the song as a whole the mood that it was giving um that i didn't really like um for example the very first song this is not utopia um i pointed out that it felt extremely re- or, I've, I'll point out that it's redundant to me. It's a punk song where they basically say, yeah, things aren't great. And I'm like, you're a punk band. That's sort of your role to say that. That that's Any punk band will tell you that m- modern living is rubbish to borrow a album title from Blur. It's not very good. There's a lot of things where people don't face... They're not given their fair shake, no matter their race, sex, orientation, their religious, um, or their religion, their upbringing, where they live, regardless. This Mm -hmm. is a common thing that's in punk music. I find it kind of, I find it redundant and kind of pointless for a song to be just things are bad. Like, it's a given. You know what I mean? I think so. So, um, there was that. Also, um, I'll give a quick example on another couple of songs here. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to the album in full, but have you ever heard of the album Mechanical Bull by Kings of Leon?
0: Yes, I have not listened to the whole thing.
1: So there's a couple of songs out there that are actually really good. Um, Because I, for the most part, I do like Kings of Leon, but the Mechanical Bull album was a, like... A revelation like oh this is a bad 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 album because um a lot of the songs contradict one another in terms of like the point they're trying to give across which is women treat me like shit but also i do shitty things there's no self-awareness to that you know what i mean mm-hmm it's it's this cycle of women don't like me. I do things that make women not like me, but I don't get why they don't like me. Um, the song so going back to this Offspring album, the song Behind Your Walls, um, is basically asking this question. Uh, you are facing a or it says you're you're facing a lot of pain right now, and you can't see other people. Uh, being being mistreated because all you see is your own pain. And then you have Army of One where a person admits, I'm I'm doing all these shitty things because all I see is my own pain. But that person is not aware of what they're doing is wrong when in another song they're being told that that's wrong. I don't know if that was meant to be a, or if that was done on purpose. Like have this mm-hmm. one put on the back, or have these two side by side to juxtapose I don't think that was intentional. I it's to me it's a lack of awareness, but I mm-hmm. mean, it's I mean I am looking at these two very 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 closely, and it doesn't really. That's only for those two songs. To me, I just I kind okay. of find that weird that they would be on the same album.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Does it's that make weird. a lot of sense? No, I get it. It's it feels like despite the fact that they were like we're gonna take our time with this album, it feels like they didn't. Like, in terms of, I, I was thinking again about the sort of song order because, um, uh, oh, Lullaby at the end, mm-hmm. right, is just pretty much a reprise of an earlier song, but it, it, it felt. <laughs> there's two songs on here that are, that have been released before. So there's, um, Gone Away. Gone Away, which originally came out in 1997. Mm -hmm. This is the piano version. And there is um, Coming For You, which came out in 2015. So that was with the old bass player. Mm -hmm. That was when it first came out. But uh, when they put this onto um, their new album, they re recorded it with Dexter Holland as the bass player.
1: Oh, so he covered for the other bass player.
0: Well, he overwrote what had been done by um
1: Oh it's a different oh it's a complete rewriting and not a cover.
0: Well, uh, in that
1: in that respect.
0: I, I think it is the same baseline. I haven't actually heard the version yeah. with um
1: You haven't compared the two.
0: I have not, because the the first one was done with that bass player that was there since the beginning, and then on the album, the other guy who was there since the beginning did the bass for this one.
1: Okay. Now, I haven't heard the two either, because I didn't know that that Coming For You was a re-recording, and I was assuming when you were talking about, um, there were two songs on here that were pre-recorded, I thought you were also mentioning In the Hall of the Mountain King, since that was a cover itself
0: yeah, these the the two that I mentioned are ones that are covers of themselves, I guess. I
1: see. I see.
0: So, I mean, I the see. band is so different at this point. It feels more like a cover of themselves rather than another version.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like Gone Away was so different.
1: Yes, it was. So um, I'll tell you a story real quick. I need to um find this woman's name first. Back in 2003, when I was nine years old and I was still listening to country music because I live in the South, um, there was a woman by the name of, I think it was Jessica Andrews. Let me see. Um, yes. So in 2000, oh, this was in 2000 and, no, it was 2003. Okay, I'm sorry. So, um, in 2003, Jessica Andrews, who is now considered, I guess, a two hit wonder, she made a song that I absolutely, if anybody listening cares, do go out and listen to it. It's called There's More to Me Than You. It's really, really well written, very well performed. I hate the fact that this was her last album and that she's mm. still trying to, like, she's still doing country music, but she has not released an album in since 2003. But um, there's more to me than you was such a huge hit that they ended up re-recording it right around that same year and releasing it again as yeah. another tre- treated as two separate singles. So there's one that is extreme. There's one that is extremely upbeat and very punchy and catchy. Like she's giving it to you because it's mm-hmm. a song about a divorce, basically, or breaking up. And then there's another one that is piano-driven. It's much more sad. Um, basically playing the, the like, you're, you've you got a song about breaking up with somebody and you're playing both ways to, I guess, deal with that pain. So you have, like, I don't need this man. And then another one that's like, no, you broke my heart. Um, but the fu- the funny thing about it is that it was released around the same time, probably not months from one another, and both of them were hits. But it always kind of struck me as like, why why would you want to do that? Um, especially when they were played, uh, or whenever they were released around the same time. It basically telegraphed to everyone, oh, this is your best song. Well, Period.
0: Do you remember, oh, I don't know how to pronounce the artist's name. It's G O T Y E. Gautier. Um, Gautier, who did somebody that I used to know. And they uh-huh. Oh my god, when that was popular, that was all you would hear on any radio station ever.
1: I'm but not gonna were... complain. I love that song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can complain. I feel like I listened to the radio a lot at that time. It was so much. But there it's were, the same, in fact, the same... two different versions that they'd play on the radio. But really? they were they were almost identical. The only difference is one of them the bass was mixed. So fucking loud. That was the difference between the two. Really? It was bizarre. And I don't that know if is... they're like officially different versions or if this was something that was just given to radio stations. But it, I remember it like vibrating the car and I remember thinking, why would you do two versions that are so incredibly similar
1: with just... A minute difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it made no sense to me, but it, it did make me wonder if it was some sort of way to get around, like, uh, radio stations limitations on how many times you can play one song.
1: That's interesting. I can't confirm or deny that, especially since I've only heard, I only remember one version, which is, I didn't know that there was a, a, a version where they had a better bass to it.
0: That's I don't know really if it's better. The car
1: would vibrate. It- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Kind of funny, too, that that would be a song in which you would want the car to vibrate. This is a song about a breakup.
0: <laughs> I know, it's like, save that for the heavy metal, right?
1: No, Not even that, it's just like, it's a breakup song. I want everyone to know that I'm crying while doing the whip and the nay-nay. Like, it's, you know, what I'm, this is a sadness, it's a sadness bop. There's two songs, there's two songs I know that do this. Somebody that I used to know, which you just mentioned, and uh, Tears for Fears, the original version, and the best, period, no one can do better. Um, the song Mad World.
0: You know, I was actually going to say something about Mad World.
1: Um, uh-huh.
0: because I while I was listening to the piano version of "Gone Away," uh, it was reminding me very strongly of Mad World. I'm not mm. sure what it was about that, though.
1: Do you think it was like the co- like you have the original and then you have the cover? Is it like that kind of comparison,
0: uh, or, was, I mean, or was it
1: like this? This sounds like Mad World.
0: It sounds like Mad World. Hmm. And I am just checking something real quick. Because Mad World was, oh God, who did that?
1: Tears for Fears. And I think that was in 1983. Let me see.
0: Yeah, because there was a version that got popular.
1: Yeah, was- um, there uh, Gary Jules, I think, is the man's name.
0: That's the one I'm thinking of. They are both in the same key.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I think that is what I was tuning into, was that um, they both got pianos and they're in the same key. And I feel Mm -hmm. like they have um, almost like tonally, they have the same vibes. I'm not saying like...
1: It's a rip off, basically. You wouldn't say that.
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a rip-off, but I would say that tonally they felt really similar.
1: Mm-hmm. The song that it reminded me of, and I, I guess uh, the Gary Jules versus Tears for Fears version of Mad World would apply to this as well. It reminded me, and I think it's because it's in the same genre, it reminded me of Disturb's cover of The Sound of Silence.
0: Mm, uh, I do love that cover. A lot. Mm-hmm.
1: I, like to, uh, I know to you my, <laughs> have opinions about Disturbed. <laughs> I have. I don't have. To me, they're not like. To me, they're not like. Oh, this is the worst band in the world. No, will not say that. I've heard worse stuff, and Disturbed does not come close to it. I'm going to say that there. Um, I actually like their cover of Land of Confusion, even though it is overblown compared to the Genesis one but i do like it a lot um they coincidentally speaking of de- uh, tears for fears they covered shout on their debut album
0: oh i did not realize and I,
1: that and i hate it
0: <laughs> oh no maybe that's why i, I didn't know cuz it's bad i assume <laughs> i don't
1: no like um i think it's a purist version of it like when it comes to the sound of silence mad world and shout there's not a cover possible that can do better than the original that's sort of my that's my feelings on it Okay. like anybody anybody that tries to stop it now lord came close <laughs> okay now lord, lord she did a complete like a super dark murky complete retake on the original um I guess the original message of the song everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. She not she came very close just by taking it a different way. Um she and I think she did very well on it. And I don't know if it's because it's Lord or if it's like I haven't heard this interpretation before and I really like it. Everybody wants to rule the world. The original is very upbeat and peppy. While Lord's version is like, no, no, we're, we're going to commit a terrorism. We're going to do a dark thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, very, yeah. it's, it's very like, I'm, t- I'm putting nails in my baseball bat. You better fucking run. That's what <laughs> it's. That's <laughs> that. Damn. Yeah. That's that sort of thing it is to me. Um, Gary Jules, he ended up doing the same thing with, um with Mad World because, The Tears for Fears version is a sadness bop. You're going to be crying and popping and locking. I am not joking. It is a, you listen to it and you're going to be like in the club screaming, crying. It is a depressing song, but will you be on that dance floor? Yes, you will. It's, no. You're going to be crying and
0: popping and locking.
1: Absolutely. Okay. I, I I challenge anybody that has not heard the original Tears for Fears, listen to it and tell me I'm wrong. I dare I dare y'all. Um, but like Gary Jules, he took, he actually just played it straight because that song is extremely depressing. And he's like, I don't want to dance. I want to cry and not pop and lock. And that was his version of it. Um, and um, and going back to the disturbed version of shout, they were just like, "No, this could be redone in a rock setting." Yeah, and they did that, and I'm like, "No, uh." Okay. <laughs>
0: that I,
1: that was that's my two review. That's my word review of it. Just no, uh. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They do actually Disturbed has done quite a lot of covers, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they have.
1: I really like Disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I'm, that's why I'm like, I don't like I don't want to be mean if anybody likes Disturbed because Oh I no, don't you like should be that.
0: nothing but mean <laughs>
1: <laughs> because the thing is, whenever I mention the stuff that I like, I hate it when people come to me and I'm like, well that's shit. That's terrible. What the fuck are you doing? I hate that. And I hate being... I hate the idea that I would do that to someone else. You know?
0: Mm. I'm going to make you review the latest Disturbed album.
1: Did they do another one?
0: Um, they... Their last one, I want to say, was 2018?
1: Maybe? Evolution. Okay. Evolution. I remember watching... Anthony Fantano, he put this on his Worst of the Year, and I'm like, why did you listen to it? You knew you weren't going to like it. <clears throat> he did that with Godsmack, too. My Speaking of Godsmack, my mom loves Godsmack. She's a big fan of them. Good. Um, especially, their, especially their debut album. I actually like their debut. Um, I like a few of their songs. Mm-hmm. But, um... I, I haven't heard anything from Disturbed in more than a decade, so I don't know if they're still doing the same thing or what. Um, but that's that's an aside. We're here to talk about Offspring. <laughs> oh right, yeah. That... <laughs> oh, oh yeah. We, hey. We have gotten so far off topic. We're t- I'm I'm trying to make. Like, we're both trying to make comparisons. So there's
0: 12 songs in the Offsprings album, Let the Bad Times Roll.
1: (laughs) Yes, there are, and it's a music album that you can listen to on YouTube or Spotify.
0: I say there's there's 12 songs, but there's 14 if you listen to the one version of the CD that has the two bonus tracks on it. It was Mm -hmm. only released in Japan, and it comes with... An obi, for some an reason, baby. that is a uh, you know the go sash off, that's go on off, kimonos. Sis.
1: <laughs> oh, wait, what? The you sash look-
0: like the sash or kind of belt that you would put around a kimono. Yes, yes, yes. That is an obi.
1: Okay, they released these tracks on an obi.
0: They released these tracks on a CD that came with one.
1: Because you have to show honor, well,
0: and of course the bonus tracks. One of them's just a French version of one of their other songs. Like
1: what? this is amazing. This is amazing. A I... English band doing a French cover for a Japanese-only album.
0: French cover of his own song. I just so I'm
1: that puts that puts them that puts them in the same league as Kraftwerk. Do you realize this? <laughs> Does it? Because. Because Kraftwerk, they have a song called Pocket Calculator. They're a German Mm -hmm. band, and they released the song in German, in English, and in Japanese, too.
0: Okay. But did they release it solely to, like, a Spanish market? Because that's what's throwing me about this. Like, I get doing, like, a French version of your song, but why release it only on the Japanese CD?
1: Yeah, this is... Maybe it's because they're not allowed to play in France. I don't know. That's such a weird thing to do. It was just
0: bizarre. I don't understand it. So, um the two bonus tracks are uh I'm going to butcher this. sous Kovchers, whatever. So that's the French version of We Never Have Sex Anymore, and then the other track is a live version of the Opioid Opioid is a live version of the Opioid Diaries. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to get through that.
1: You're doing great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is the ninth song on, which is the ninth song in the original 12 tracks on the album. Mm -hmm. Which I kind of hate live versions, so I didn't listen to it. I don't know if you did.
1: Uh, I did not. I actually didn't listen to the bonus tracks. For me, I'm only here for like the album and that's it.
0: Oh, I thought um, I sent you the French one.
1: I think you did. I didn't listen to it, because I was Thank just like, no. You. I'm, I'm just here to listen it. to the regular. I'm just listening to the regular. I'm sorry, it, I should have said something.
0: <laughs> it was just like the regular one, but in French. I just, yeah. I wanted to kind of go into it, because I do think it is still a part of the album, and I am absolutely baffled by the decision to release a French song only to Japan.
1: That's... That, that really fucks my shit up, too. I'm like, okay. Now, keep, keep going back to when I mentioned Kraftwerk, whenever yes. they did the three different versions, they did not restrict it to a specific audience. Um, all three versions are available for whoever wants to hear it. You don't only get the Japanese version by going to Japan. You can just buy it from mm-hmm. them, and it's all good.
0: See, that makes sense. I, In order for me to listen to it, I had to hunt for it on YouTube, and I found it on YouTube. It only had, like, 600 views.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For an offspring song,
1: is that bad or good?
0: It's surprisingly low, um, ah, especially because YouTube has its whole YouTube Music thing, where you can just mm-hmm. tell it to play music and it counts that as a view. If you're watching oh, okay. like the music video or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but this had such a low amount of views. It, it it's just bizarre to me, and yeah, it, of course whatever- wasn't. On their YouTube or whatever because it's only available on the one CD that they sold in Japan for whatever reason. (laughs) I mean, in case you're wondering, it sounds pretty much just like the English version of We Never Have Sex Anymore, except it's in French.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember another... I'm trying to remember if there's like another group that had done that before. Um also I don't I agree with you live tracks on as a bonus song on an album that's like a special edition or something I find to be really funny. To me like live albums with the exception of a few just because of how great they are mm-hmm. um I find them to be like a glorified greatest hits with occasional screaming. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't particularly like the streaming, and I also think it's so much harder to mix live audio, uh-huh. just because of the nature of how you have to record it. Like, there's no... You're not in a studio, you don't have the um, the soundproofing, you don't have the ability to uh, isolate instruments physically in the space... Right. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, they just always sound so muddy, and I don't want to hear the audience, and I don't want to hear the singer go, hey, shout out to whatever city I'm in. Like, I don't care if I wanted to hear that I would go to a concert.
1: Yeah. Um, that was a thing that they um, that, that you reminded me. Um, I have a copy of Russian Rio, which is one of my three live albums that I give a lot of respect to because I'm a huge fan of Rush. On occasion he would, at the end of songs, he would say thank you to Rio because he was, because the whole band was in Rio and he was, um, <laughs> he was saying thank you to them in both English and uh, Portuguese.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Which was, which was really cool. Um, that album is kind of a trip to listen to because it is a band that is completely foreign to a, a, a the a Brazilian audience like you would not hear Rush and think oh they have a huge fan base in Brazil they absolutely I... do they're over there singing to Rush music like it's a football game where you would have like the hooligans like singing some sort of song and you can hear it <laughs> it's it's like that it is amazing to hear that and they were they were digging the shit out of this band. So yeah, I, I I only have there's only 3 live albums that I like care for. And it's it's that one um Daft Punk's 2000, Alive 2007 and then the last album that the Fishman's ever did which is for sentimental reasons for me at least cuz that was uh the last time the lead singer was alive.
0: Okay. F- fair yeah. enough. I just I tend to just avoid live version of of songs at mm-hmm. all costs. <laughs> Yeah. I hear cheering. I shut it off.
1: I don't want to hear merriment. Take <laughs> that off. off. Guards. Take <laughs> it away.
0: So what are what are your overall thoughts on Let the Bad Times Roll?
1: I didn't really talk about like the specific reasons other than just I didn't like the lyrics to it. Um I had mentioned, let me see. I'm going back to the original review that I had wrote I had written here just to remind myself because again memory problem um i thought that breaking these bones and coming for you coming for you you did just enlighten me was released in 2015 Mm -hmm. um i thought that line after line there were just a whole bunch of cliches it like yeah and i just didn't i didn't like that and also hassan shop which um, I don't know if you know this. Hmm. I had to look this up. Hassan Chop is named after a specific one-off character in a Looney Tunes cartoon where uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck go t- and find treasure in a oh, yeah. cave. I, and they have to, You know what I'm talking about now?
0: I watched that so many times. I recognized it immediately from the name. I was like, that has to be a reference to I completely specific Bugs Bunny cartoon that I watched over and over again as a kid.
1: I completely forgot that you watched Looney Tunes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot all about that. You knew you knew the score with that. That was kind of foolish of me. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I. He goes, Hassan Chop. Yeah, I know. And
1: he was like standing at that door and he was like, open Sarsaparilla.
0: Open, open Saskatoon." Oh, I know. Open
1: opens sesame always, and then always, it opens.
0: I always quote the end where uh Daffy's runs is like super tiny he's going, It's mine, it's mine, I'm positively wealthy, I'm I'm positively well off. It's mine, mine, all mine. And he like
1: didn't he, he, didn't he also say to so, like I'm I'm like comfortably well off, which is yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, it's so <laughs> good for me.
1: I love that.
0: Okay, yeah, um, sorry. The, the song of the album we are reviewing,
1: yes. Yes, Hassan Chop. I didn't like... I fr- I called it an elementary school understanding of the Iraqi war, and it mm. also sounded like it was like someone trying to write a Serge Tankian song without never hearing anything about Serge Tankian. I don't know if that's how his name's pronounced. I just know he's the lead singer of System of a Down. Okay. But um, it just... And I'm not going to say it's racist because I am not that particular race. That's not for me to decide. But it does absolutely make me uncomfortable. It's like, uh-oh, yeah. this seems... This seems yikes, you know?
0: Uh-huh. Maybe not to the extent that the uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon makes you feel a little off about it, but
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... um. The one thing I did want to point out, and this is not a knock against the uh we never have sex anymore song. You know what it reminded me of, and I told you what it reminded me of, and you agreed with me.
0: I don't remember.
1: I said that this song sounds a lot like Love Me Dead by Ludo.
0: Yes. Yes. I do really like that Ludo song.
1: Me too. They've they've had a few songs that I think are absolutely hilarious. I wish they would come back It's been 10 years Since they had um, Put forth any albums I did find out they released a single last year And uh, oh. not even the fans knew this Nobody told anyone? <laughs> Nobody told anyone It was on Rate Your Music And it had six reviews Or it had six ratings, I'm sorry Huh I know it's been so long since they had released Love Me Dead, but good god it's still It's still magic I love that song they also had another song called, um, I think it was called "You Can Watch Goodwill Hunting by Yourself." What? Yeah,
0: was the name the- of that Ludo song?
1: Uh, about the Goodwill Hunting, or um,
0: the most recent one you just mentioned.
1: Oh, um, hold on, let me look that up. It, it came out last year, and it was called "Scare Me."
0: Nope, I don't know it. I thought I had like a moment where I thought I might know it. I was like, I have an familiar. inkling of recognition, but no, that does not sound familiar.
1: Uh But um but I was listening out like this sounds like Ludo, and it made me miss Ludo, but I mean that's not all it did. I again I like the song a lot. I think it's very funny. But that was those were the last of my notes. I just I really, really did not like the lyrics or the mastering and I, I kind of, I, I mean, obviously I wish it was better. I mean, everybody, well, everybody, it's a very fun want. thing to say. <laughs> yeah. But we want it to be better. We want things to be better. That's a very yeah. redundant thing to say. Um, Sadly, and the thing that I had also said on my review that was kind of shocking, because I was looking forward to this and I found out that on Rate Your Music, it's in the bottom 50 albums of the year. Like it's of the worst. And Dang. it's current rate. Its current rating is a 2.29. That's
0: about, that's, that's pretty close to what I was going to give it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess we can go ahead and give our final ratings to it. I gave it, I'm giving it a one out of five. Really? Yeah. I'm, I was
0: going to give it a two. I, you're not letting me do half stars. I want to do two out of two and a half out of five, but I think I'm going to knock it down to two.
1: You can do half stars if you want. I'm not because I can't justify them of my own opinions, like completely. Um, anybody else can do it if they want. I just cannot justify it for myself. I, I'm i giving it a one.
0: All right. I'm I'm so, going to go with two. I'm going to say two out of five for the offsprings. Let the bad times roll.
1: Yes. That was the album we listened to. And we didn't mention anything else other than that album.
0: We only <laughs> talked about the album. Uh, I should have written an outro. Thanks for listening. And yeah, whoever
1: whoever you are that's listening right now, thank you.
0: I'm so sorry you had to hear this.
1: I'm not. You deserve it. Bye.